Hello, everyone. Uh, today we got we got an episode I've I've been looking forward to doing, and I'm going to be talking about Mandalorian season two. There are going to be spoilers for season two, so here here's what here's the deal. If if you're a Star Wars fan and you want to watch Mandalorian and you haven't yet, I would not recommend watch listening to this episode. If you're a Star Wars fan and you don't care about watching Mandalorian Season 2, then stick around. Or if you've already seen Season 2, you can also stick around. As for listeners who just don't care about Star Wars, I also would would probably go. There's no point in wasting your time. Unless you do enjoy listening to my voice for some for some reason. Then, then I... Sure. Sure, why not? But anyway, I'm just going to get right into it. Mandalorian Season 2. Mandalorian Season 2 is eight episodes... It was just as long as the first season, which was also eight. And it was, it was very good. I thought that season two, it was better than season one, for sure. There there was so much more that went on in season two in terms of the the lore that, that they were able to bring out and the characters they were able to bring in. I think the overall action was better. It, it was an extremely well done season. Out of the eight episodes, I'd say there's only one episode that I would say was kind of boring or, or felt unnecessary, like a filler episode. It was still in, enjoyable throughout the episode, but but when you look at the big picture, that episode didn't really matter. And and I'll say it was episode two, which was the episode where the Mandalorian has to take this frog lady through space and he can't go into hyperspeed because her frog eggs would shatter or something so they get trapped and 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 the whole episode they're trying to get out of this ice cave just felt like a very it, it wasn't important to the story I, I don't think that episode really impacted the story that much now as for everything else so it was it was so entertaining so the first episode, I thought the first episode of season two was a really good episode to just bring you back into that world. It was 50 minutes long, which I loved. It was the longest episode of the season. You had the sheriff of, of the, the little desert town that Mando went to was wearing Boba Fett armor. And just to see someone in the Boba Fett armor again was super cool. And and so it's it's it it was kind of I think see the the first episode of of season two was a pretty similar to a lot of the episodes in season one, where it was really just this one and done mission. Mando gets to a place and he has to do some some little like save the day kind of deal, and he does it. This one reminded me I think it was actually episode two of season one as well when Mando had to go get the egg for the Jawas and go fight that that creature. Reminds me a lot of that episode. It, it was a good episode, but it wasn't like it wasn't this huge moment for for Mando where it's it sent him going onward through through the story. You did get you did get to see the Boba Fett armor, which is important to see that again uh, because and, and like I said, there's going to be spoilers throughout the entire episode, so I'm just going to say that one more time. But that is because Boba Fett does come back, and and so I think that was a good thing to see. But episode one, it, it was a very good reintroduction into the Mandalorian, the universe that they've created with that show. And then episode two, which I already said, it was kind of, it didn't feel like it needed to be there. And it was the weakest episode of the series. But other than that, it it, it was still, I still enjoyed watching it. It was, uh, I, I still enjoyed watching it, I would say. 
But after that, after after episode two, everything starts. It starts picking up quick. So episode three comes in. You you see new Mandalorian. You see Bo Katan, who for those of you who who didn't know or or aren't huge into the Star Wars universe, she is a very popular character in the Clone Wars, the animated series. You you see her a lot in there. She's also in Star Wars Rebels, the other animated series she, they have. She she's a very well known character in in terms of the extended universe of Star Wars. So to see her come to the big screen was really cool, and the, it was it was really. I also thought it was really cool because the person who voice acted for Bogotan in both of the animated series was the person who played Bogotan in the actual live action show of of Mandalorian season two. So that was really cool to see and to see other Mandalorian. And, and I thought that episode, it really, it really showed this cool, cool thing where obviously when, when Mando met them, they took off their helmets and from, from Mando's perspective, he, he doesn't do that. He he thinks that's it's against the Mandalore, and obviously Bo-Katan, who's trying to become the leader of the Mandalorian, she points out to him, "Oh, you're this you're this little separate kind of you branched off. You did your own thing. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like, oh, you're a little bit like a cult. I don't. know. You're like the the extremist of the Mandalorian. And I thought that was a I thought that was a good thing for her to kind of expose that to him this that he's not the only kind of mandalorian there are there are other groups it's like a religion almost and and i thought i thought that was i thought that was really cool to see now now episode four comes along and this this episode you see mando team back up with cara dune and uh i the 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 bounty hunter guy i don't remember his name but he goes back home teams up with them that episode was a really good action-packed episode. That like, if I, I think that's one of the better episodes in terms of action, and I think another reason why it did do well is because it brought back those characters from from the previous season. So it was cool to see them both again, and it was cool to see them work together. And and they 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 went into a station this this uh in, this empire station and kind of blew it up which was cool to see but but that, and that's that's kind of the first half of the season that was episode one through four all the episodes were interesting for the most part after and once you got to see the the extra mandalorian it was it was really cool when you when they when they popped up and so that had me eager for more that i was i was like oh who else are they going to bring into this season there were a lot of rumors throughout the running of the show and and so that's when that's when episode five comes in the the second half of this season episode five through eight are insanely good and and i i i mean i will say this for mandalorian before i get it kind of get into the, those ep- episodes the mandalorian and john Faravo and dave filoni who created it they are quite literally saving star wars as a franchise because I will say this, and and I've said it before, I believe the the most recent trilogy, the Disney trilogy, it was very poorly done, poorly executed. Story writing was terrible. They had no idea what the plot was going to be. They were just kind of, and then then they tried to throw in a bunch of fan service. It, it, those three movies is it's quite literally, it relies on what the prequels and the originals provided. They they are hoping that fan service would get them through, 
And in the end, it didn't. They were. I, I think they are all three not very good movies. And I hope Disney eventually makes them uncanon because they just announced a dozen new Star Wars shows. So it'd be cool if they go, hey, that recent, the, the final Skywalker trilogy, it's uncanon. So now everything's up in there. You can do whatever you want. I don't think they will do that because they spent billions and millions of dollars into that. But but I, I would like to see that. But but yeah, so so pretty much the movie the movie side of Star Wars has done really, really poorly after since Disney's taken control. I thought the two spin-offs, the, the Han Solo movie and Rogue One were both I, I enjoyed both of those, but in terms of main story, Skywalker saga, those three were garbage. They're they're just so bad. And after after Last Jedi, I, I already have stated this, I kind of was just done with Star Wars at that point. And then the, the latest one, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's like, oh, I think it was Rise of Skywalker, I believe. I don't know. But after that one, after the last uh, movie in that trilogy, I was I was pretty much done with Star Wars. I, I was I was at that point that those those films, they were so bad. And after seeing that movie, I kind of lost faith in Star Wars. But then Mandalorian came around. Mandalorian came around and saved Star Wars as a whole. And and it's it's funny because obviously those those original movies or not the original the, the newest ones, the trilogy that Disney did, they relied so much on fan service that they didn't develop a story. They weren't able to incorporate that lore well. It was like like I said, it was just very poorly written. And this show is the complete opposite of that. What they have done with the show is they not only have had excellent writing, but they were able to introduce so many different characters and and just just places in the Star Wars lore, and they did it well. Where it's it's now really paying off for Star Wars because Mandalorian is like it's saving Star Wars. It it truly is. It has reignited my interest in in the whole in the whole just genre. Of, of it, it, it really is doing a good job at, at getting people interested in Star Wars again. And I, I think, and I've heard people say this, I think Star Wars probably does do better as a TV show. And that's why they maybe announced 12, 12 new upcoming Star Wars shows. Because you're just able to flesh out the universe a lot more. And that's, that's kind of what Star Wars has. They have this giant universe with all this stuff that goes around in it. And, and trying to shove that all into these two-hour movies doesn't work too well. But eight episodes... It, it really does start to start to shine and show all this all this background stuff that's been done, all the books that have been written, and all the the miniseries. It, it it really does start start to show in in these big TV shows. Now, episode five is titled "The Jedi," and this this is this is when Mandalorian starts getting super good because it brings back Ahsoka Tano, who is Anakin's apprentice. In the Clone Wars, and she's in Rebels, both those animated shows. She's she was very big in both of them, or, or mainly in the Clone Wars. She was a huge character throughout all of Clone Wars, being Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. And we get to see her in this show, in this episode, I should say. She pops up, complete badass. She just she has her dual lightsaber. She's just going crazy throughout the whole episode. It, it, anything, any time she's on the screen, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. But we also get to learn more about Baby Yoda, who is now called Grogu. And he was at the Jedi Temple when everything kind of, it kind of, <laughs> it took the wrong turn. Anakin, uh, he killed a lot of younglings. 
you, you know what happens. But but she states that, oh, Grogu was saved somehow. Someone saved him. We don't know who. Was it Yoda? Was it... I mean, there are theories on who saved Grogu at the Jedi Temple, but no one really knows. And it turned out Grogu also recognized the name of Yoda, which was which was interesting. Obviously, I think a lot of people would have recognized Yoda being a Grandmaster, and, and I'm sure he would have paid a little more attention to someone of his own species than most other Padawans. And... There's also rumors that he could be Yoda's child, so there there is that because Yoda's species isn't very common. But but that was that was something you got some more background to Grogu, which was really cool. And it's it's fun. It was funny seeing throughout the show the uh, Mandalorian call out his name afterwards. He he, I think it might have been this episode or next. He was sitting in his spaceship and he would just say Grogu, and Grogu would look up. It was it, Grogu had the cutest reaction when someone would call out his name, and when Mando said it, it was adorable. And he was just testing out. It was, it was amazing. There, there are a lot of good Baby Yoda moments throughout the show. And in the in the first four episodes, I don't know which one it is, but it starts off with Baby Yoda in this really tight, compact area of Mando's ship, and he's trying to fix these wires. And Mando's like, no, the red wire goes there, blue wire goes there, and it's it's the most adorable thing. Grogu is... He's extremely cute throughout. I, it's... It's undeniable. He's one of the cutest things Star Wars or Star Wars or Disney alone has ever cooked up. I mean, speaking of that, I did order I did order a, a Baby Yoda plush from from the Star, Disney store, and it, it's coming it's coming pretty soon. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> anyway, the Jedi. It was a really cool episode to see Ahsoka Tano and to see her team up with Mando. And at the end of that episode, Mando gets a, a Vec. I think it's called Vec Vexgar. The, the metal that his armor's made out of, he gets a spear made out of it. And and obviously Ahsoka Tano, she's on her whole, a different mission. She's trying to find uh, Admiral... Uh, that's, I can't remember all the names. There's a lot of names in Star Wars. But she's trying to find this other character, which I, I assume will be the main starting point of the Ahsoka Tano series that's going to come to Disney Plus in the future. But really cool episode. Now, after, after that, uh, so Ahsoka Tano, she says she will not train Grogu because she's technically not a Jedi anymore. She doesn't classify herself as a Jedi. And so she says you can take him to this ancient temple and he can do some cool Jedi stuff and try to try to contact someone. So, so in episode six, that's what he does. He goes to this ancient temple. He, he goes up to this temple and puts Grogu down on it and he goes, all right, do your thing. Contact a Jedi. That, that's what you got to do. And... He sits there, and, and he looks up in the sky. Grogu's sitting on this rock, and, and Mando's kind of standing around. And he sees a ship come in. Now, we all know what the ship is as Star Wars fans. He does not. It is Boba Fett's Slave 1, previously Jango Fett's Slave 1. And Boba Fett's coming flying in on that, and it makes that specific sound when it's flying. And, and you're excited. You know, you know it's about to be a great episode. Mando's starting to freak out because he doesn't he doesn't know who it is. So he's like, oh, which is weird because he put him there to contact someone. So maybe maybe he would have thought, oh, it's a Jedi already. Look at that. But no, no, no. He 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 was trying to project protect the child. So he goes, he turns around and Baby O's doing this crazy meditation, force beam flying up into the air, protecting him. Mando can't get in because the force is so strong, so he gets shot back. And so he goes down to try to stop whoever came. And it's Boba Fett. He's chilling there. Along with, uh, her name was Fennec, uh, Fennec Shan, and she was the person in the first season who, who uh, 
Mando thought was dead in Tatooine after the one guy teamed up with Shatter. And at the end, uh, there was an after credit where you saw feet standing there and everyone thought it was Boba. Turns out it was. And he saved her, turned her into like a stomach cyborg. Her stomach was made out of moving parts. And she kind of is his sidekick now. All he want, and all he asked for was the armor back. He wanted his armor back. And, and Mando was like, but you're not a real Mandalorian, so I can't do that. And Boba Fett tried to say, oh, it was given to my father and it's passed down to me. Tried to explain it. Bo- Mando didn't really pass for it. But before, before, you know, they, before they could continue on, stormtroopers come in. Bunch of stormtroopers. So you you get you get the scene. Uh, you get this scene where Boba starts kick. You get a scene where Boba starts kicking people people's asses with his little like he has like this crazy staff with a hammer thing. And this is he's not in his Boba Fett arm yet. So he's just whacking people. Fennec shooting people. Mando shooting people. He, he, he's, he's, uh, you know, they're all, they're all hanging out. And then it gets to the point where they're starting to get overwhelmed. Boba at this point is back by Mando's ship and he sees the armor. He's eyeing up his armor. It cuts back to Fennec and, and Mando and they're like pretty much getting surrounded. They're getting surrounded at this point. And then right before, you know, things really start to downfall. And, and I do want to point out Mando's armor is so overpowered. It's, it's kind of insane. And this episode was when it really stood out because Mando's protecting Fennec and just like you see him just continuously flinching because he's taking all these shots. Just boom, 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 bullets flying off. And and so it, it really just showed, oh, he's just he's super overpowered. And so they're 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 getting cornered in, and then boom, Boba drops in with the armor. The first time Boba Fett has been in that armor since 1970 or 1982, whatever, 30 years. Boba Fett's in his armor. And oh my, he proceeds to to just, he just goes nuts. He is using all his gimmicks on his armor. He has like knee, knee blasters. He like bends his knees and bullets shoot out of his knees. He is like doing all this weird stuff with rockets. And then the stormtroopers, they, they retreat, they get back in their ship and they start flying away. And Boba loads up that giant missile in his, in his jetpack and just boom, shoots it, blows up the first one. It crashes into the second one. Easy win. It's the coolest thing. It was, it was, I was so happy. And it was, I think personally, this was my favorite moment of season two. Just seeing Boba Fett show up and just, just start taking everyone to town. It was amazing. Now, sadly... After this, dark troopers come in. Moff Gideon, he's up in this giant star destroyer up up in the sky. He sends in dark troopers to go get Baby Yoda. And Mando and Fennec, they try to start running up the hill as quick as they can. And Boba Fett's going to his ship just in case. But they can't get there in time. The dark troopers grab Baby Yoda. They start flying back to the star destroyer. Boba chases after them. He's like, oh, the Empire. They're still, they're back? Oh, no, no. And he said, he's like, yeah, guys, there's a problem. The Empire, there was a Star Destroyer up there. But at the end of the end of the story, Baby O's been taken by Moff Gideon. Sad day. And and so they go back to Tatooine and they tell Cara Dune, who's now officially like a, a sheriff for the for the new Empire, not Empire, the new Galactic Force, whatever, the good guy people. And and he's like, they have the kid, and we need to go. We need to go get her. 
and I know someone, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty smart man in terms of finding stuff. We need to go, go break him, break him free. And that, that leads us on to episode seven, The Believer. So the man they're looking for, his name's Mayfield, played by Bill Burr. He was in probably one of my favorite episodes of season one, where they in, in, invade the, uh, the rebellion ship and try to break free that one guy. And it's, it, it's a really, it's a really fun episode. But Cara Dune, she, she's able to just take him with him because she's an imperial officer, an officer of the new new republic, and she's able to just take him with them. And so they go to this this place where they can locate the star destroyer. They need to locate the star destroyer. And and pretty much what happens, they 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 need to go in. So so Mayfield and Mando they they suit up in this this different armor that that matches the the stormtroopers or whatever they they were who. Or driving these shipments of explosives to this place, and so they go in, and and they they just need to go put in this USB drive and get the coordinates, whatever. And and pretty much what happens, Mayfield recognizes one of the the generals, and he says, "I can't take off my helmet because you need to do face verification." And he goes, "I can't take off my helmet; he might recognize me." So Mando does it; he takes off his helmet, which he's not supposed to do. And he gets he gets the location of the star destroyer. And this 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 moment, I think I start I think everyone really realized Mando really cares about Grogu. He cares about him so much he's really he's willing to break the Mandalor his Mandalorian code and take off his helmet to try to save Grogu. Now, sadly, when he does get the cords, he gets the cords, but that general, the 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 officer that Mayfield was scared of, comes over and is like, yo, what are what are you Hey, you guys, you two were the ones who took that shipment, got the shipment here. Because to get the, the explosive shipment there, they had to fight off a bunch of uh, locals who were trying to blow it up. But they, they were the only, the only truck to successfully get it to the base. So he's like, hey, let's go drink. You guys did it. Let's do it. And while they're doing so, Mayfield, Bill Burr, he starts kind of calling the guy out. Oh, you let all these innocent lives die. That's not cool. And he ends up shooting him, which which sparks some issues, <laughs> sparks some problems. So Mando and and uh, Mayfield need to get out. So they go out the window and they're climbing on the edge and they get to the roof. So Boba Fett can come pick him up in the Slave One. And Cara Dune and Fennec, they're like on this cliff, just sniping dudes, is trying to trying to get after them. They end up they end up getting to the roof. They jump in Boba Fett's ship, and then these two Tie Fighters start coming after Boba and the Slave One. Big mistake. Bobo, he just flip, flips, flips a lever, and a seismic charge kind of starts, starts floating down. And you hear the beeps. You hear the beeps going. And just the, the giant explosion, the boom. And it, it makes that, that super cool noise. And, and fans would remember Django Fett dropping these in Attack of the Clones the, in that movie. So the fans of Attack of the Clones, when they saw this, they knew, oh, no, it's not going to go well. Just explodes the TIE Fighters. Gone, just gone, and then Mayfield takes a rifle and he shoots the truck that that him and Mando brought in to explode the whole base. He goes, "Yeah, I had some beef with the guys. I didn't want them around." At the end of that episode, Cara Dune she lets uh, Mayfield go. Her and Mando, they're like, "Oh, I I heard uh, Mayfield died in the explosion. I guess he's gone now. Oh well." And they let him off the hook because of what he did, and he's a good guy at heart. So he's go he he's set free. And maybe we'll see him again in season 3 or not. We we don't know. But the 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 main the main thing is they got the coordinates of this of this ship, which is what they needed. 
So that, that leads us to the final, so the finale, which is currently ranked 9.9 on, on IMBD. So it's the highest rating of all the episodes of, of Mandalorian. Called The Rescue. So, so Mando, he gets, he gets, he goes back and they get Bo-Katan and her, her Mandalorian friends. She had two others with her. And, and they, they call, they call on her for some help, which she obviously says yes to because she's trying to get the Darksaber, which Moff Gideon has, because you need the, you need the Darksaber to rule Mandalore. So they get those, they get two of them, Bo-Katan and and the one uh, side chick she had, they, they joined the group. And it's Cara Dune and Boba Fett and Mando and Fennec. And so they all they all go to they get onto the Star Destroyer. And and so pretty much what happens, Cara Dune, Fennec, uh, Bogatan, and, and the other Mandalorian with her, they all kind of go out as the bait. And they start shooting the place up. And it's kind of a cool because it was a group of it was a group of girls. I know Disney likes to do that to show girl power, and it was a good it was a good representation. You get to see these these four women just just kick ass on the Star Destroyer. It was really cool to see. And then Mando slips away to go to Grogu's chamber, but before he does that, he has to try to seal up the dark the dark trooper storage or, or where they're contained because they obviously take time to load up to boot up, but but they need to they need to get rid of them because they're super strong. They're very strong. So Mando gets there, and the dark troopers come out, and they just start. One one is able to get out of the door before Mando closes it. So all the other ones are locked in the door, and Mando's stuck trying to duel this this single the single dark trooper, and this dark trooper just destroys him. And it isn't until Mando brings out that that spear that he got and stabs the guy that he's able to beat him, and then he launches all the other dark troopers out into space. And and at, at this point, Bo-Katan and that whole group they get to the main cockpit they've taken control of the whole ship so so mando he he gets into the baby baby yoda's chamber and moff gideon's there he's like you're not good you're not getting baby yoda and and then he's like actually no you know what fine we got what we needed you can take him sure why not obviously that was a that was a kind of a, a big joke because he, he then gets the dark saber and tries to kill mando but mando's armor like i said it's overpowered it deflects the dark saber and eventually, Mando pulls out his spear and beats me, beats Moff Gideon in a one v one. It was a really, it was a really fun one to watch. He he, he ends up winning, and he gets the dark saber, and he gets Baby Yoda back. It's it's a it's a good it's a good time. And then he goes into the cockpit where everyone else is, and Bogotan's like, "What what happened? What, what what's going on here?" And he's like, "Oh, I got him." Got the Moff Gideon. He's still alive. I'm keeping him. He's probably good for information. I don't know. Got Baby Yoda. He's over here. Got the dark saber. It's pretty cool. Got my spear. And obviously, Bo-Katan is now kind of conflicted because she can't accept the Darksaber because you have to... The Darksaber, it's kind of like wands in Harry Potter where you have to... Def, or It's like the Elder Wand in Harry Potter where you have to defeat the person previously who had it to really have the power of that wand, right? But for the Darksaber, it's more... It's like the story. The story is what makes it so powerful. It's, oh, I bested the person who previously had the Darksaber. Now it's rightfully mine. So Mando can't just give it to her because Bo-Katan didn't best her. So she was kind of upset about that. And Moff Gideon was kind of calling her like, Haha, yeah, good luck with that. You don't, you're not the rightful ruler of Mandalore now. You can't, you don't have the Darksaber. And Mando, Mando doesn't care. He got Baby He's like, I yield, just take it. Which should make complete sense because previously when Bo-Katan got the Darksaber in the Clone Wars, she didn't best the previous owner. She, the person technically yielded and she just took it. So it doesn't necessarily make sense that she didn't take it this time because she did it before. 
but it, it, that is the case. She doesn't take it. And currently, Mando, Mando's the owner of the Darksaber, which can lead to cool stuff in Season 3, I suppose. But they're all, they're all sitting in this ship. And then the Dark Troopers come back. They, they're droids. The Dark Troopers are droids. And they have these jet power. And they fly back onto the Star Destroyer. And, and they're watching the cameras and watching this all happen. They're like, oh, no. This ain't looking too good. And they're starting to march towards the, the cockpit door. And, and they're all getting, Mando and everyone else are getting ready for this final this final face-off. And Moff Gideon, he's just mocking him. He's like, you guys, there's no way you get out of this. There's just no way. And then you see it. You see the single X-Wing fly past the window of the cockpit going into, and he's, it's going in to enter the Star Destroyer. And Cara Dune is like, oh, wow, one X-Wing, that's all they can send us. And Moff Gideon's like, haha, yeah, one X-Wing, you're not, that's not going to do anything. And then someone gets out of the X-Wing. They're dressed in black, cloaked in black, head covered. And then they ignite a lightsaber. And this is all shown on the screen, so everyone in the cockpit's seeing this. And while they're seeing this, there are dark troopers at their door trying to bust through it. So, so they're, they're nearing the end of, you know, they, they might not survive it if those dark... Well, they wouldn't. If the dark troopers got through the door, they wouldn't have survived it. But they were knocking on the door. They were about to get in. And then the lightsaber's ignited. And then you see this Jedi just start going crazy, cutting down people left and right. These dark troopers are getting sliced like butter. They're, they're nothing to the lightsaber. He's just boom, 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 people dead, which it makes me believe that Mando and Bo-Katan with the Darksaber and the Veskar spear, they could have probably taken down some. They might have been able to take down the dark troopers. I don't know. But, but this Jedi, he's going off. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there in my living room. And I'm like, is it him? You know, the single, the single, the single X-Wing, it, it's him, right? I was questioning it for a little bit, but then then they show a close-up of him holding the lightsaber, and you see the metal hand, just his right hand. Well, you don't see the metal, but he's wearing a glove just on his right hand, and I go, that's Luke Skywalker. That is Luke Skywalker, the, the Jedi Master. Holy, holy moly, that's Luke Skywalker. And you proceed to just see this awesome cut of Luke cutting down dark, dark troopers. He's using the Force, throwing them around. And he goes up the elevator to, to where the blast doors are into the cockpit and faces off the final eight dark troopers. He, he just cuts through them easy like that. And the last one he crushes with the force. It's like one of the coolest parts in the show. He just crushes the dark trooper with the force. And he stands up the door and Mando, Mando's in there. He goes, let him in. Just let him in. And everyone's like, what? What? No. He's like, yes, just let him in. And, and Grogu's kind of looking, peeking over the chair over like, oh, oh, is someone coming? Oh, they open the door. He steps in. And, and, and one of the funniest thing, one of the best parts of that episode as well, is when the people in the cockpit realize it's a Jedi. I don't know who says it, but they go, oh, that's a Jedi or something like that. And Moff Gideon's face just melts. He's like, oh, no, it's no. It, it's, it's pretty funny to see Moff Gideon's elite force the dark dark troopers just just get just get obliterated by a single guy he steps and takes off the takes off his his uh hood and it's luke skywalker and he goes hey i'm here for the child and everyone's like oh my he it's luke skywalker uh, this is like the geek out moment when you're like oh my that's luke skywalker that's that's so cool and and mandel realizes this is who responded to grogu's call this is the person who will train grogu and and so pretty much what happens is Luke 
and Luke's gonna take Grogu, and it's and it's really funny because while Luke's standing there, then R two comes swinging around, making all these beeping noises, and and Grogu sees him, and Grogu recognizes R two because R two was around during them during the Clone Wars, so R two and Grogu recognize each other. They make some noises at each other, and Luke picks him up, and he's you know he's like I, oh he's so cute, and he says he's gonna train him, and and so we need the final goodbye. Mando and, and Grogu, they're going to say their final goodbyes. So so Mando picks up Grogu, and, and Grogu touches him on his helmet, and, and then, then you get there. The, the big emotional part, he takes off his helmet. He takes off his helmet and allows Grogu to not only see his face, but to touch his face, and it's, it's such an adorable moment. And, he, he, you know, you can see there, he, he had a bond. He had such a strong bond with him. And, and even there's even a moment throughout there that and i'm getting goosebumps right now talking about this so there's even a moment where luke is saying grogu is asking for permission he wants you to say that he can go with with me or he won't and obviously mando says you can go with him but it's it's such a it's such a sweet moment and luke does end up taking grogu and they he he goes his own way now it does obviously this is why i hope that they uncanonize the the last trilogy of the Skywalker saga because all those who watch those movies know that the Jedi Temple Luke made, it got destroyed because of Ben Solo. So that kind of leads us to believe, oh, did, <laughs> did Grogu die there? Who knows? But if they just make that on canon and leave that, all that open, get a Grogu show, I don't know. But but it, it's it's really cool. It was... That just brings a lot of stuff into question, but who knows? It, it was, all, all that matters is that in that moment, it was amazing to see. Also, there was another thing that I saw... And this this relates to Boba Fett, where he is technically a Mandalorian uh, because his father was a foundling. His father was a foundling, which made him a Mandalorian and made his children a Mandalorian. Now, Boba isn't technically uh, his father's Mandalorian. He's a clone. But because he's just called his son, that's because they had that relationship, it made Boba Fett technically a Mandalorian. So in the case of Mando and, and Grogu, technically Grogu is a Mandalorian because... Mando was a foundling. He protected Baby Yoda and made him like his own child. So Baby Yoda's technically a Mandalorian, which is really cool. Uh, but but all in all, the the show was amazing. And another, just another th- thing I want to throw in there with Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon, when he knows it's a Jedi, he is terrified, and that's probably because he knows it's Luke Skywalker. And and from Moff Gideon's mind, you you gotta take in that he knows that Luke Skywalker destroyed not only one two death stars and and over destroyed the empire to kill emperor palpatine to his knowledge and darth vader like in his mind luke skywalker is the scariest person in the galaxy so when he notices that he's terrified uh but but it kind of just ends there and and it's assumed that cara dune takes moff gideon to the new new republic and and Boba and Fennec, they actually go back to Tatooine to where Jabba's old palace is, and they take that place over, and that's going to lead to the Book of Boba Fett, this, the new show coming out about him. And Mando, he's he's on his own again. And and at first, I was kind of sad about that. I was sad that Mandalorian Season 3 won't have more Grogo Mandalorian back and forth, because that's one of the kind of, that's kind of what made the show, right? But it also makes me excited to see what they're going to do now. Mando being in possession of the Darksaber, the rightful owner of the Darksaber. So they can now explore that whole area of reclaiming Mandalore and, and maybe becoming ruler of the Mandalorian. I don't know. 
But all, all, all I gotta say is I am excited to see where they take the show now that one half of it is kind of just gone up in the air. And I'm sure they're gonna somehow integrate Grogu back into other shows or give him his own show in the future. But as for now, that's possibly the last we see of him for a little while. But all in all, and I think I've said that a couple times, but Mandalorian Season 2 was amazing. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought Dave Filoni and, and uh, John Favreau did an insane job at bringing in the, the Disney lore. It was action-packed. It was enjoyable. I, I enjoyed every episode of it. I plan on rewatching it sometime in the near future. And I'm excited to see where Season 3 takes us. Now, that is all I have for this episode, and I hope you Star Wars fans enjoyed listening to me talk about it. And, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and, and hearing me ramble on about Star Wars again. I know I've done that a couple times now. I hope you all have a great day. Uh, and, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Bye-bye.